HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is a hot Wednesday, July 2nd here in New York City. And this is the 26th episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, we will be talking with two top hospitality professionals about restaurant technology and a brand-new platform called Set for Service. But first, I will start with my PR tip. And then later, we will have my speed round questions, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. Now, before I tip off the show, I want to remind everyone that it it is our summer membership drive at Heritage Radio Network. We are a nonprofit, and we could use your support. So if you like what you hear here and on all of our amazing programs, I hope you'll become a member. Visit our website, heritageradionetwork.org, and click on the Donate button at the top of the page. We thank you in advance. Now, as the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip off the show with my PR tip of the week. Today's tip is to practice common courtesy. Yes, this is not brain surgery, but I think we all need to be reminded that politeness and respect are really important. And in restaurant speak, it's basic customer service or hospitality. Examples of good etiquette are to reply to emails, return phone calls, and always say thank you. These are simple things that are easy to do and will be very appreciated. Appreciated. Treat others how you want to be treated. That's my tip today. Now, I have two outstanding hospitality professionals in the studio. The first is Grace Ann Jordan. She is the Director of Operations at Crafted Hospitality, which she joined in 2010, and it reunited her with chef and owner Tom Calicchio, who she previously worked with at Gramercy Tavern. Grace Ann has also led the management team at John George, and Danny Myers, the modern, at the MoMA. My second guest is Peter Esmond. 
He's the founder of Set for Service, an open platform customer relationship management and guest management solution for restaurants and hospitality. Peter is a veteran of the hospitality industry whose experience includes Thomas Keller's The French Laundry and Per Se, and also John George. Peter most recently served as Director of Operations at Rouge Tomat in New York City. So welcome. Thank Hi, you. guys. Thanks. It's good to be here. Well, it's good good to have you both out here. Now, I, I gave very brief bios for both of you, and the, all these restaurants are extremely pre- prestigious, award-winning restaurants. They're amazing. Um, tell me a little more about your background and how you got into hospitality, and I'm assuming you met at John George, or did you meet before that? We actually met after. Oh, really? Yeah, we, yeah, we missed each other by just oh, a few months. I was wondering if that's where you met, but I guess not. Oh, small world. Small community. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so I told Peter that this is such a hard question to answer um, because I, I, there's so many romantic stories out there of, of how uh, people get into industry. And, and um, mine is not that, you know, my mother was cooking in the kitchen and... Um, I fell in love with food or, or anything like that. It was it, more about the community of people. Um, and, uh, you know, being from a, a smaller town and coming to a big city, realizing that this could actually be a career. Um, and, you know, when you are surrounded by, you know, people like Tom Clicchio and, and Paul Greco was uh, the wine guy at Gramercy when, when I landed there. And, right so many other um, amazing hospitalitarians and chefs that have gone on to do their their own thing um, it was just a breeding ground for me to learn in but also um, lifelong friends in fact Gramercy Tavern is uh, having their 20th year anniversary in a couple weekends and I'm super excited to see everybody yeah no that's I'm a little jealous I didn't get to work there. I mean, maybe I could go back. But it seems like a type of place where it developed a community and great people who are also extremely talented. Absolutely. So what about you, Peter? Um, <clears throat> I guess, let's see. I got into hospitality probably the same as most people is that I just needed a job. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I, what I knew how to do. My, um, my parents owned a bed and breakfast in Colorado where I grew up, so I was living in it and working in it all through high school so waking up in the morning and greeting people and answering the phone with like Little Mountain Lodge was just part of my routine um, and then when I came to New York to finish school a friend of mine worked at John George at the time and was like great my brother was going to the CIA at the time and I said what is this place he said yeah it's great go work there alright great I'll go work there well it wasn't that easy I had to interview and do all the other stuff of, of doing it and you know, was thrown into it as a front waiter and just completely got addicted and loved it and loved the environment, loved the people, loved the atmosphere, loved the life. Um, and you know, since then, I've just couldn't give it up. Right. So that's what you that's what you love about hospitality. What what would you say are some of the challenges of working in hospitality? The lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> You're working when everyone's yeah. playing. Yeah. Exactly. I always found that because I used to work in restaurants. Yeah. yeah. People don't realize. When everybody else is off, you're the busiest, yeah. for sure. I think for me, it was, um, you don't realize it, but you're with everyone else, and they're celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, and you're helping them, mm-hmm. um, and you're real, you know, after some years go by, you kind of realize, oh my goodness, I just missed all that in my own family, and it's actually advice that I give to a lot of, um, you know, managers starting in our company is, don't miss those 
you know, first birthdays and your parents' 25th year anniversary, those cannot be repeated. Um, you know, and try to, uh, you know, make sure that you, you savor those moments and you can work hard all you want when you're here, um, but to make sure that you don't miss those. But th- that was the hardest part for me. And I would get caught up in the moment. I, in the moment, I wasn't realizing that I was missing those things. But then, um, you know, just wanting the drive of wanting to be uh, really successful uh, in the business that you're, that you're in or the restaurant that you're in. And it's such a team spirit where all the team players have to be there for it to be a success and not wanting to let the team down by, you know, going away that weekend for something and and wanting to be there, you know, if you're in the review process or you're a new restaurant or or there's something new that you're trying, really not not wanting to miss out on that either. Yeah, Yeah, I get that. I have that not wanting to miss thing too yeah. I remember yeah even back at school I remember not wanting to miss school because I thought I'd miss what was going on right. I'm, you missed I don't the party know. yeah no I don't know I just remember thinking that mm-hmm. um, so what at at Crafted Hospitality is the official name of the craft brand so why don't you how many I mean there's a lot of restaurants under your umbrella and as director of operations what is your role in in day to day with hospitality it's really it's a supportive role mm-hmm. but also um to make sure that the business is running smoothly and um the great thing about um working in the company is is tom has developed a lot of great culinary talent uh so um you know and there's also a director of culinary that's supporting uh, that side of the business but i'm more of um supporting the general managers and the people that are in leading in each business and we're very um Entrepreneurial, and we want the, those leaders that are the general managers and the chef de cuisines to treat the business like their own and be able to feel like they can make decisions. Um, so I'm not fluff, so to speak, but the doors open and close without me. And, and I'm there for more um, overarching support mm-hmm. where um, we might want to make a change to the business or um, a special project or, or something to, um, you know, we talk a lot about in our company about good restaurant versus great restaurant. And my job is really to keep pushing them to make them and keep them great restaurants. So they're, I think without that kind of resources, they're going to be able to do the good restaurant stuff. And, you know, the food comes on time and it's hot. If it's supposed to be hot and cold, if it's supposed to be cold and, you know, the check comes and the check's correct and everybody is thanked on the way out, but we're trying to do great restaurant things. So this, my support is more kind of trying to, constantly push for that level right well that's the hospitality that's that's why you're the director of operations of it all i would say is the title um now peter mm-hmm. um your last job you're at Rushmont, yeah and now you've launched a, a yeah. company yes called set for service yes so what is that so that is a uh set for service is like you said an open platform CRM for the hospitality business. Uh, so much of the time I found on the floor that, you know, you try to build an amazing relationship with the people who come to your restaurant and you're given, depending on the type of restaurant you have, you've given a window of opportunity to do that. You're either quick service or, you know, Roberta's maybe you've got an hour, you know, per se, you've got three and a half to four. So service can take on a different level because you've got more time to build this relationship. Um, and at the end of the day, the, there's tools that are available uh, to everybody else in the marketplace in order to create that relationship, whether it's Google or LinkedIn or anything else, uh, you know, in our industry, it's always been open table. That's the sort of mm-hmm. your, your reservations platform of the transaction takes, takes place. And 
you know, for so long we were just working on so much in the office between taking notes and, you know, building up Excel sheets and doing all this other stuff in order to know more about our guests, not to pry into their private lives, but just to say, hey, when you come in, there's this familiarity, there's a, there's a comfort level where, you know, no matter who's taking care of you, they know, they, you know, you feel like you're at home, you feel trust, you feel that relationship starting to be created. Um, and so we wanted to build a platform to sort of help facilitate that relationship uh, where information can be easily shared and collected and, and used and, you know, put into a manager's hand so that when they do see a guest, they can immediately identify with them and reference notes or past history or you know, what their favorite thing is or what they're allergic to or when their wife's birthday is or all that stuff. So it's not having to run back to the front desk or having to Google something. It's just like, oh, it's just right here. I can check it out. Yeah, I think I just read the, something about how Grant Atkins or their team, they always, they Google everyone yeah. who comes to the restaurant. Most of them do. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Will and 11 Madison Park tend to be the most open about it. <laughs> but everybody yeah. does it. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's nice sometimes when I've gone to a restaurant and say I know the chef or owner but I don't know them that well Mm -hmm. and they just see my name on open table and they've either come by or they've sent something out I've always been floored I remember once I was with my parents and they Mm -hmm. they couldn't believe like what just happened because I because that you know doing your research and seeing looking at who's coming into the restaurant uh so Grace Ann you've started to use set for service at your restaurants because it's in beta we're using it at uh, in beta at Topping Rose House, which is a, okay. a restaurant um, and a hotel um, out in Bridgehampton. And you know, I was very thankful uh, to Peter because he and I would have conversations, and you know, he'd ask me, "What do you want to see? What do you you know? What are you missing that you're not getting right now to take care of the guests that that come into your restaurants?" And um, you know, we're trying to make memories. You know, it's not, you know, we talk again about good restaurant, great restaurant. It's not just about all those things going well, but you want those people to leave feeling like I have to come back here. There's, I have no choice. That was an amazing experience. And, um, you know, having a, a, a CRM, as uh, the techies call it and Peter calls it, um, like set for service, it enables you to be able to have an image of the guest. So they walk in and a maitre d' that maybe has only been with us for a couple months, but it's a regular that's been with us for years and years, we'll be able to recognize and identify that person right away and anticipate, um, you know, maybe there's a line of people waiting to come in and anticipate and pull that person out of the crowd and whisper to the host and say, you know, there's Mr. Brown, take him to table 62 and take him out of that line. Um, those, those extra kind of nuances, uh, that's how the technology in this way works. And, you know, Peter, you know, mentioned allergies. Um, our guests, if um, somebody comes to our New York restaurant and, and we know in New York that they have an allergy and they go to our restaurant in Los Angeles, it's, oh, they know that I, you know, that I can't have, you know, pine nuts or something. Uh, so they don't think to mention it to the captain because, <laughs> you know, Tom knows, everybody knows that I can't have pine nuts. Um, and that's something that I really like about Set for Service is that the the sharing of information amongst your businesses instead of just when you run a a company like I do where we have so many locations to be able to share that information is crucial so it's it's scary if you know they really do you build trust with your regulars and your guests and and, um, after they say something five times to remind us they're going to stop reminding us Mm -hmm. and and that's where this really comes in Yeah, and for the longest time it's always that information is typically stuck in 
the minds of your employees, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, it's always been the the power of a great maitre d'. So when he, when that guy's at the door and the guest walks in, it's oh, you know, it's the familiarity because he's there. Um, that maitre d' leaves or moves on to somewhere else, and that that asset, that knowledge, that whole relationship kind of goes with him, and the restaurant suffers mm-hmm. because of that. And this is trying to make it a little bit more um, cohesive and collective between the entire group. So I kind of, you know, sometimes jokingly say it's like the, the maitre d's little black book is now an iPhone, you know, and it's a restaurant mm-hmm. that can own that and all the managers have access to it and they can all reference it and add to it or do what they need to do as they, as they go along. So it's right. a shared knowledge now and this guest is everybody's best friend, not just the maitre d's. Yeah, no, it sounds awesome. It makes mm-hmm. sense. And with technology today, it mm-hmm. just seems that's the yeah. direction it had to go. Have you ever gone somewhere uh, where they know you and you sit down and your drinks right there? You know, I, I have a place that I go yeah. that, you know... Um, you know, gin and tonic, Hendrix and tonic to be specific, <laughs> um, is down it's there. Like, and it's like, maybe that day I really don't feel like a gin and tonic, but I'm not going to tell him, mm-hmm. no, I just, I drink the gin and tonic every time, even though maybe I feel like a beer because it's 90 degrees like today or, you know, and it's just that, those kind of touches of hospitality, mm-hmm. they're, they're, for that bartender, there isn't, he just remembers, you know, what, what I like. Um, and as Peter said, you know, same thing as the maitre d', that bartender leaves and, that information does not get passed on. Right. No, it it's, it's, it's makes a lot of sense. And with the allergies, too. It's, I mean, you know, you tell... With a restaurant group, I totally think that's amazing that the information will get shared among mm-hmm. your restaurants. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can't Very do it cool. once. All right. Great. We're going to take a little break here. We're going to come back, so stay with us. This is All in the Industry and Heritage Radio Network. Hi, everybody. I'm Phil Colicchio, the host of the Business of the Business here on the Heritage Radio Network. And this summer, we are turning five. The Heritage Radio Network is five years old. Since our launch in 2009, we've continued to bring you food and culture content like nobody else in this business. And we need, and when I say need, I mean need, your help. HeritageRadioNetwork.org is a passionate, grassroots, action-oriented nonprofit organization. And that means we depend upon the support of listeners like you to keep us alive. If you love what you hear on this radio station, the Heritage Radio Network, please visit our website and become a member today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. you got to be economically sustainable. Help us out. Thanks. Bye. Since 2001, Heritage Foods USA has sold pasture-raised, antibiotic-free heritage meats to restaurants and homes around the country. Our farmers raise their animals with care using traditional methods guaranteed to produce the very best-tasting meat. Our pork breeds include Berkshire, Red Wattle, Duroc, Gloucester Old Spot, Large Black, and Tamworth, and our beef comes from Piedmontese, Angus Akiyushi, Belgian Blue, Highland, Simmental, and Belted Galloway cattle. We also carry a rotation of 24 rare breeds of heritage chicken, seasonal specialties like lamb, goat, geese, and of course, heritage turkeys. Visit us online at www.heritagefoodsusa.com or give us a call at 718-389-0985 to place your order today.
Hello, this is Mark Ladner from Del Posto, and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Hi, welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guests today are Gracie Ann Jordan and Peter Esmond. We're talking about hospitality and technology. So, Peter, I wanted to see if you could tell us more about Set for Service and mm-hmm. its uniqueness, because it sounds to me like there's nothing like this out there. Right. So... Um, it's funny because I mean, there's so many things out there. Like, I mean, Salesforce is a CRM. That's a huge company that's all based on, you know, CRM. And, you know, we kind of... CRM. I mean, to get my terms down. Right. It's uh-huh. customer relationship management. Very <laughs> technical. Um, but, you know, when you, whenever you get a sales call from somebody, they're all referencing a, a database somewhere with more information about you and what they can use to sort of, you know, to build that rapport. Um, and restaurants have always... What's beautiful about restaurants is that's always a human connection, um, and will always will be. And I, I I hope that it always will be, even as reservations go online and and food ordering goes online and whatever else, all of your other stuff, like your transactional things uh, with a restaurant begin become digital. At the end of the day, the beauty of a restaurant is you are with and around people, and you know, you know, servers will always some, somehow have to be involved, even if you order from a tablet. Um, and we want to support that process. We want to support that, that relationship. We're not trying to sort of take it away. And so what we're trying to do is, is create something that doesn't stand alone, but really integrates well with the rest of the tools you already use, like open tables. Such as. Yeah. Okay. So we, we actually integrate with open tables. So your, your notes and things that you're putting into your phone will actually get pushed into your open table platform at the front desk. You know? And so that way your hosts and your reservations in your normal operating system are sort of now influenced to a better degree. Um, we're hoping to create more partnerships where we're, you know, talking to a lot of great companies around the space like Avero and uh, other point of sales companies and some of the newer companies that are sort of bouncing around in order to continue to collect those things and help, you know, uh, you know provide more information to help create a better relationship. So it's, I think it's pretty unique. Um, but it's not really unique in the sense that it's something that everybody's been doing for a long time. It's just now put into a digital realm. Right. Well, that that ties into my question a bit that from last week, so I'll ask mm-hmm. it now. I had on uh, Lior Lev Sarkars. He's from La Boite. He's the spice guy. Mm-hmm. And um, he wanted to know, since reservations and interactions have moved online, what are the pros and cons? And what would you change in to make reservation system easier? So, with I mean, what are the pros and cons? <laughs> I could talk about that for a while. So, great answer. Well, I don't know. We then we we have a few minutes, yeah. but go for it. <laughs> um, you know, from a an operator point of view, um, having a reservation system online is great because um, it's a wider audience and, and it's it's a quicker um, sell for a guest, a diner. Um, what we are unable to do is make that human connection. So if you were to sit in our offices um, today, you would hear one of our guest relations folks um, on the phone saying, um, is there anything special for this dinner? Is there anything that we can do to, to make it memorable? And they, they will say, oh, it's, it's my birthday on Friday. And literally the response is is so genuine of, oh, it's your birthday. Like, happy birthday. It's And it's so genuine. And that just doesn't come through on the online, you know, um, platform. And I think 
we try to recover that on the confirmation. Um, so we, we re, you know, require for now that, that our confirmation uh, happens person to person and that it's, you can't confirm with us online because we want to be able to let you know, um, you know, where you're dining. You know, maybe um, uh, we're doing a special menu or it's a price fix or we want to make sure that, that the expectation that you have of the experience you're going to have is accurate and that we can give you any kind of information, you know, to make it easier for you and, and, and to be able to make that special. But it's it's tough, the online, because you're, you're really losing a little bit of that, that human connection. Right. I think people, even like myself, I like the convenience. And it's interesting you said that, because I, I, well, I, it would be hard for me to believe that all restaurants, that's the reason why they're asking you to call back. But it's now, I mean, it would be lovely if that is. Uh, but most of the time you make a, I make a reservation on open table. I get the call. Please call us back. And, and I'm always, you know, to confirm. But I just thought that was to confirm. I didn't know there was another reason. There, there typically <laughs> is. And I think, you know, um, we could have a whole nother show about table scalpers, um, people that sell our tables. Yeah, um, I was I was wondering what your take on was yeah. on all of that. But we, you know, so to, to really make sure that the reservation is legitimate, because there, mm-hmm. there are people out there now that are, are selling our, our reservations. And, um, you know, you can go on uh, any of these websites, and I won't tell you the names because then, you know, I'll be advertising for them. But and they're, they're selling an eight o'clock table for four people at one of our businesses. And if they don't sell that table, they will either no-show or cancel at the last minute, and that means that that table goes empty. So it's um, it's really wanting to connect with the guests, but also we, we have to protect our inventory in mm-hmm. some way, and we feel a little like less control. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like Set for Service also, is you, you feel a little bit more control um, in that inventory, and it's more of a, a partnership where... You know, set for service is working um, for the businesses and the restaurants are their customer. Where sometimes, you know, it's the other way where the the diner is the customer. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's like a lot of the technology nowadays that it's being sold into restaurants is is a consumer facing product of which it's I'm going to get you access to craft or I'm going to get you access to. Brooklyn Fair, wherever else, I'm, you know, I'm going to get this into you, and then it's about convincing restaurants of the value of this proposition. Where it's, uh, you, know, you know, if you have to try to convince a restaurant of what the value is, then there's too many other things going on in their day for them to really consider why this is important. You know, they understand that eight o'clock Saturday nights are valuable. Everybody, you know, it's busy. Um, so we really wanted to build a technology that's for restaurants. You know, that's really going to help their lives become easier, and then. You know what, where the consumers come from, or how that happens, is is sort of what the economy of restaurant technology will begin to figure out. The rest to go back to your question, the the technology of reservations. You know, at the end of the day, is a transactional experience. So, I consider it just like swiping your credit card to pay for your bill. To literally put in two people at seven p.m. at Craft is it's a, just a transaction that you're facilitating, or any technology is facilitating. And the supply and demand model is what it is. Um, there will always be uh, some convenience factor for that, and there'll be some convenience factor for the diners. But then, where you know what the benefit of the restaurants is, either marketing or filling tables, or you know more diners coming in their door potentially. But it's the opposite side of as 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 convenient as it is to make the reservation. 
it's equally as convenient to cancel or right. no shot no or no show for that reservation because it seems very you know it's a uh, flipping it's very that, it's you know yeah that, there's nothing there's that, no commitment really to it so there's got to be a balance somehow made between those two but in that transaction where there's a little bit more security for both sides and i could add to that that if you are in the restaurant and you're that that great maitre d that we've been talking about um, there's no red light that goes on that says someone just canceled at eight o'clock table online. It's open now. So there's no awareness that oh now I have a table open. There should be. There should be. Right. Peter's going to do that for us. <laughs> okay. I'm writing, I'm writing now, it down right now. Well, yeah. I I I do know that cancellations and no shows are people. There are people who make more than one reservation and cancel last minute, and it's just it's. It's it's not good customer service on the end of the customer. I mean, it's just it's 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 impolite and it's um, it's hard. It's hard to manage it. I'm I'm sure. And you're right. On open table, you can in certain restaurants just cancel right ahead. And mm-hmm. Sure. That's it. Yeah, it's as easy as making right. it. There's no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh well, cool. So that's that's a feature you're gonna have. Whoa. The red button. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the red button that goes off now. Right. Well, um, I'll be on the roadmap. Oh, cool. <laughs> Now, when are you when are you launching? Um, we're still in beta now. We're looking to launch uh, end of July, so that through August we'll be we'll be going into a bunch of restaurants before the busy season of, of you know fall and November and December when everybody just puts their head down and just sort of gets through the holidays. So the next three months will be big. And will this be available um, to any restaurant anywhere in the world? Are you starting in we're New York? We're focusing on New York right okay. now. Um, I like a restaurant where I can kind of have a personal connection to the people that I'm working with. And especially as we're new, the feedback process is vitally important. So I really want to be able to work and engage and talk and see what's going on. I've, I've talked to a couple of people that are outside of the city and it's while valuable, it's been difficult to sort of bridge the communication and see what the, you know, what the use case is and what's happening and all of those bits and pieces. So we're going to keep it local for now and then begin to branch out. But it's a, it's a cloud-based platform, so it eventually will go be easily scalable into Chicago or San Francisco or New York or L.A., et cetera, et cetera. The big cities. Yeah, the big the big metropolitan cities. Oh. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I look forward to hearing more about it and its launch. And So your website's setforservice.com? Yep. Cool. Um, all right. So we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back. We're going to do my speed round, and we'll talk some industry news. Cool. So Thanks. stay with us. My name is Betsy Andrews, executive editor of Severa Magazine, and I am hanging out at the coolest, most delicious place in the world, heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome back. I like that welcome welcome. back intro. Thank you, Betsy. 
This is All in the Industry and Heritage Radio Network, and I'm Sherry Bayer. My guests today are Grace Ann Jordan and Peter Esmond. It's now time for my speed round game. So what this is, is I'm going to name two things, such as chocolate or vanilla, and you just pick your preference. Okay? Okay. Got it. Chocolate. (laughs) Cool. Chocolate. All right. So here we go. We can do ladies first. Of course. Unless you don't want to. (laughs) Okay. Eat in or eat out? Eat out. Eat out. Wine, beer, or cocktail? Wine. Wine. Don't copy me. (laughs) Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Tasting menu. There. He didn't. I had to now. (laughs) Small plates or large plates? Small plates. Small plates. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. Tipping. Communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Communal table. Ah, uh, no. No, chef's counter, for sure. Where are we? <laughs> what restaurant are we in? Yeah. Like, I, I know, I know. It it's might quick. depend. It's a general, a general. Reservations or walk-ins? Reservations. Reservations, Sure. How about restaurant week or no restaurant week? No, no restaurant, restaurant week. week. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy. No restaurant it's, month. It's actually restaurant weeks. Yeah. It's, it is restaurant Four month. Now. Call it restaurant month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if this wasn't a speed round game, I'd, I'd ask why. But we'll just move on. <laughs> How about um, two more? Cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. Uh, I'm gonna have to say dessert because all the pastry chefs would be upset with me. It's definitely dessert. You could have both. Dessert. Cool. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Brooklyn. Oh, Manhattan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to get People lynched. People always feel bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're allowed to, yeah. They're throwing cool. eggs at the window now. Yeah, great. seriously. Right. No, that was you great. You just lost all your listeners. That was, that was cool. I liked hearing your answers. Yeah, that was it. Good that questions. was the game. Yeah, Good seriously. Questions. The I tipping like one was tough. I, that, we could, that could be a, that's own show. Most of my guests have gone with tipping. I think one did all-inclusive. I don't even remember who, but yeah. that seems to be... Because it's not... I don't know. It, it varies. Yeah. Because some, some of these... Most of these I'm asking everyone. Some of them are more for you. Right. Like restaurant mm-hmm. week. Uh, so, But it's interesting to hear the answers. Good questions. Cool. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Okay, so let's talk some industry news. And actually, the two articles I... I have here were tech-related that came out recently. I thought they would be good for us to talk about. Uh, one of them was in the Wall Street Journal. It was how Oracle, which is the tech giant, how they agreed to buy microsystems for $5.3 billion. And micros is the point-of-sale system used in restaurants across the world, for mm-hmm. anyone who doesn't know. So uh, any comments on that? Is that, a, I don't know, is that a big thing? I know for that you guys? I believe Oracle actually made a bid for Micros years back that Micros said no to. Um, it's interesting. There's been a few big plays, if you will, sort of as large companies coming into the smaller, you know, well, um, the like open table, open table price, price line, line mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, TripAdvisor bought a reservation company called La Fourchette out of Europe, which is sort of the open table of Europe. So there's these larger, either consumer or data companies, kind of plan, you know, getting in, involved in the industry. I'm not sure if anybody really knows where it's going to go. You know, what is it? Is it just another product that they're going to have within it? Is it somehow going to get integrated into a larger Oracle, you know, solution where all these neat, cool, new, modern things are going to get involved in that? Um, Priceline and and OpenTable, who knows where that's going to go? Is Mm -hmm. 
people are going to be able to make a reservation like by bidding on it? Or, or is it just going to live as its own standalone sort of open table product like yeah. Kayak on our price line? It's, a, it's still another product. So I think it's great. I think it's, it's neat to see um, larger, more established companies looking at the industry and, as an investment because it's, at the end of the day, that's what it is for them. They're investing in an industry where they see a lot of potential and in one that's been really closed off. You know, I say that loosely, but really slowed to adapt to new technologies. Hopefully this will bring about some of that change that's been needed in a really uh, in a really positive way. Mm-hmm. My take on it. Got it. Absolutely, I, I agree with all of that, and um, I think that uh, someone like Micros, who, who really has had uh, a huge um, handle on POS systems for hospitality, uh, and they also have um, uh, Opera, which is the hotel side mm-hmm. of um, POS, and. I think it's great for them. You know, I think this is going to give them more opportunities to have better customer service and hopefully some more bells and whistles that will um, allow us in the restaurants to, again, it's, it's about having more tools in your bo- toolbox to take care of the guests. And um, if we can, you know, not spend time um, doing something, you know, the, the long arif- arithmetic and there's a short math way of doing it, then, and it keeps us with our guests engaged, then bring it. You know, and if you walk into any restaurant in New York, you're probably going to see this gigantic, you know, micro screen and um, gigantic open table screen and these pieces of hardware that aren't sexy and um, take up a lot of space, especially in our in our New York um, smaller businesses. And um, I, I mean, I would love to see all those things kind of minimized. And you know, like Peter is using uh, tablets, which are much smaller and take up less less space, but um, things that are uh, cloud-based and um, any any of this technology that's going to again allow for um, opportunities for better guest experience and, and creating memories, all for it. Yeah, all sounds good it. to me. Yeah. Do you guys use micros? We do use micros okay. mm-hmm. across yeah. the board. Seems. Mm-hmm. And did did yeah, most of the restaurants yeah, you were with? Yeah, per se, yeah, used another company one. first and then went into micros and rushed out with micros and pretty much all of it, it's. Definitely been the dominant player in POS, the restaurants and hotels mm-hmm. for a long time. Right. So is that is micro something that, that you're trying to integrate into set for service? Well, with our potential partnership with Avero, um, Avero okay. is a, a, like a business intelligent tool that's been in the industry for 15 years. Yeah, and they've worked with all of these, and they've been great. And so we're hopefully um, you know, going to finalize something with them. They would allow for that sort of point of sales uh, integration from our end. So as a CRM system, you would have both your reservation transactions from Open Table as well as your sales transactions from your from your point of sale system. So I would want to know that the last time that Sherry came into the restaurant, um, what wine did she drink? You know, what did she eat? I don't I don't want to send you the same. You know, we're going to recognize you, and I don't want to same send you the same thing that you had last time, or or um, right. I want you to experience something different. Um, so those are all opportunities. Yeah, and I think that that's lovely. But I think there's also a little bit of the, when I think this came up with Googling people and just the a little bit creepy in a sense when people know so much about you. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that maybe the downside of doing so your job so well? <laughs> it's funny because, you know, there's... I agree with you. And, you know, as a, as a father with two kids, like, I'm definitely aware of how much I put online because it's just, I don't want it all out there. Um, there's a couple of things I think younger generations are just used to their whole lives being online, so they'll probably sort of evolve a little bit. But from our perspective, it's not 
it's already kind of known, you know, mm-hmm. somebody already knows that you like iced tea and you got it last time or, um, you know, there's only a certain level or depth that's going to be going into it. It's, right. just, it's engaged with whatever your experience is at that restaurant. So it's not going to be like what you had across the street or, you know, the fact that you were over there with some other, and then you came over to this restaurant two minutes later with, to have a meeting with another person. And, you know, it's not a, a full tracking. It's more just having a full holistic view of what your experiences was, what your experiences are with this restaurant. Yeah. Um, both from, from, you know, a, a, visitation or frequency side, so reservations, your spending side, and then also from a social media side, which is starting to be a, a big piece for reservation or restaurants because they don't have marketing dollars, so they just do social media, but there's a value to the engagement. And I'm not, again, not talking about digging into personal profiles, but when you tweet that you love something or you took a picture of a dish on Instagram and said, this is amazing, you know, how often does that get responded to? How often does a restaurant engage in that? And that's, mm-hmm. a, you know, that's valuable feedback for a restaurant, both good and bad. Yeah, I think it's all. It's the information that you're giving is that we're keeping right. and mem- you know we want to keep in our memory. You know, and um, I, Tom tells this story all the time about um, the days of Gramercy Tavern and and somebody he specifically wanted like a diet Snapple flavored iced tea or I, I can't remember exactly what the drink was, but um, you know the the waiter um, told the guest no that we don't have it, and he said. Just go to the corner and get the guy the drink. He, you know, there's a whole, you know, cooler case at, at the corner store, um, bodega there. Just go and get it for him. And um, yeah, it's it's also about like being prepared. You know, we have a um, a regular that drinks diet ginger ale, you know, and wants it in a can. And there's just you know <laughs> that's not something that we're going to carry. But mm-hmm. we it's like okay, right. got to get a six pack because she's coming in and this is what she likes and she wants a straw and. You know, these are things that, um, so it's not like, hey, how are you, your two kids named Bobby and Susie, mm-hmm. you know. Happy right. birthday last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like creepy kind of, it's, right. it has to do with food and beverage and preferences. And, you know, um, if you came to the restaurant and you drank sparkling water, we're not even going to ask. We're just going to bring sparkling and remind you and say, you know, sparkling. We're not going to go through the whole water menu. You know, we're just going to yeah. bring what you've done the last 36 times you're in the restaurant. No, that's awesome. So hopefully it's and considered comfort. Yeah, and no, it's customer <laughs> service. Actually, I way long time ago, I worked at Rock Bottom Brewery in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I remember they had, I think the term was called lanyap, which was, and it meant that to go out of your way, to go the extra mile, mm-hmm. paraphrasing, mm-hmm. but it was that type of thing. If someone wanted a Dr. Pepper, you go to the corner and you get it for them. And I, I mean, it's, I think that was, that was my. That was really the the restaurant job that influenced me to get into more into the culinary world. Mm-hmm. So, I get it. Creating those memories. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, and technology can't replace that, but no. it can. It can help. It, it can helps. help create them. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Okay, so we're running out of time, so we're gonna cool. take a break, and we're gonna come back. I'll do my solo dining experience. This is all in the industry and Heritage Radio Network.
This is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it's time for my solo dining experience of the week. Okay, now, as you may recall, a couple weeks ago, I went to a new Bosque Pinchos place called Donostia, which was on Avenue B, and I had a great experience. And there's another new place that just opened also in the East Village called Huertas, which is Pinchos and uh, Bosque style inspired by San Sebastian cuisine. And this is on First Avenue and between 6th and 7th. So I decided to check this place out. And I really liked it. I, I went, I sat at the bar. It had a nice big bar. It had an open kitchen in the back. It was a bit rustic, uh, but modern. And the staff was very friendly. And I found the menu easier to navigate than at Donostio. It's um, smaller. But they had chalkboard specials, such as they had cans, which is a big thing in Spain. And they also had past pinchos. So I, I wanted a can. Because cans are fun. <laughs> so I, I had uh, sardines in a can, which was very good. And, uh, I mean, it's soaked in this good olive oil, the sardines. Um, and they give you garnishes and bread to, to make your own uh, little tapas, I guess, or pinchos. Um, so I had that. I also had octopus, which, because when do I not order octopus? And um, that was great. And I'm going to note that in your notes. Loves octopus. Right, right. I'm putting it in right now. Actually. Got it. Yeah. G- get it in the system. I don't want... <laughs> Cans and octopus. Cans and octopus. Cans of sardines and octopus. Make sure. Yeah. No, Every restaurant. Either. Thank you. And <laughs> you guys are awesome. So um, the other thing I got was mushrooms, sepas. Um, they were a little too salty. I don't know. Over. Not. I'm not sensitive to salt, so you don't have to put I a note in. Again. No notes on that. Okay. But... Yeah. Um, it was great. I really, each dish was about $10. They came around with these, they do have past pinchos. They, every once in a while, they bring one by, which is like little bruschettas, I guess you could call them. Um, I passed on them because I felt I had enough food. But I liked the concept. I would definitely recommend it and go back. And their website is whereitdoesnyc.com. So that's that. Awesome. Nice. Sounds good. Yeah, it was good. Um, Good, good for solo dining. I think good for a date place too. Um, now, you guys, can you ask a question? It's time for my final question. So next week, I'm having on Andrew Friedman, who is an amazing writer. His website is Tokeland, and he's written a lot of cookbooks with chefs. Do you know who? An- do you know yes. Andrew? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See in the system. Uh, I don't know. Sure. Okay. To look you, it up. Well, sure. what 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 shall I ask him? I would want to ask him if he was ever in the midst of doing a cookbook and a chef wanted to put a recipe in the book that he thought was going to be terrible and told them he Don't didn't think it. it should go in. Yeah, I wanted if he'd ever put the kibosh on a recipe or a dish that a chef wanted. He's worked with some pretty well-known chefs, so I'm curious yes, he if has. he ever put... I'm thinking, I'm guessing the answer is yes, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see. Um, I'd want to ask his... Uh, opinion I guess on he's written a book or a couple articles on the Boku store for America and like what mm-hmm. like Thomas and Danielle are trying to do to really push America's involvement mm-hmm. in the Boku store um, I'd love to get his opinion on how that's going and where he sees that do we really you know we've we've put a lot of effort into it and are we are we gaining some ground and how long till we walk home with a cup or a medal or whatever the winning the spoon the spoon yeah. right mm-hmm. 
Well, if everybody watched the World Cup yesterday at 4 o'clock, it yeah. feels like. So if, if we can get Americans interested, mm-hmm. you know, in that, I think there's hope for us. There Absolutely. is hope. And that is true. Well, great questions. Thank you. I wish we had more time to dive in more about your whole background in places I'd love to just hear about what it was like to work at the French Laundry. (laughs) Whole other show. And a lot more people could be involved in that show. (laughs) Well, cool. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks. So my guests today have been Grace Ann Jordan of Crafted Hospitality and Peter Esmond of Set for Service. Craftrestaurants.com is their website. You're on Twitter at Flynn Jordan. And we said setforservice.com. And you're at Peter Esmond and at Set for Service. I'm at All Industry at Sherry Bayer, Bayer PR. And um, if you ever miss a live broadcast, you can always find us at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. And we're on Stitcher and iTunes. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Jack, my engineer. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will be back next Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Hope you'll tune in then. Have a great fourth weekend. Bye. Everybody gets broke down. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.